One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You can't stop thinking about him. She's on your mind day and night. You're trying to distract yourself, but all you can think about is them. Trying to move on after a divorce or breakup can leave you feeling anxious, frustrated, and even ashamed of yourself. Today, I'm going to tell you the surprising real reason it's so tough to move on so you can stop being so hard on yourself already. And then, as always, the seven things you can do to find peace and joy as quickly as possible. So you got to stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. Welcome back. You're listening to this at the end of January. Ha ha ha. I am recording this before the fabulous 2021 has come in. And I I can't wait. I'm I'm hoping by the time we all listen to this that life just feels different and freer and fabulous. So I'm I'm holding out. I'm holding out for that. And before I jump in, I do want to let you know I'm really excited 2021. I am putting out a new audiobook. It's going to only be available on audio and uh, it's kind of it's basically about how to make negative thoughts your bitch. 
I had so much positive feedback about the month I did around stopping negative thinking and how to do it instead and all the pieces I had. And so what I've done is I've created an audio book with all the pieces and there's like so much, there's so much here in one place. So you can follow a plan, you can really go step by step, uh, you can have everything just accessible all there in one place. So that's going to be available on Audible real soon. And if you'd like to be on the wait list to be the first to know when that's out, uh, I want you to come on over to the show notes page and I will have a link there for you to sign up for the wait list. And uh, I already have some folks on there. I'm really excited. So it's, yeah, I'm really, really proud, really excited. It's going to be so different. Help you hold your hand as you get from point A to point B uh, or point Z really. So there you go. All right. So that's enough about that. And let's jump in. Now, let me start with why you're obsessed with your ex. And here's the real reason. It's an addiction. The, the real reason people don't move on as quickly and painlessly as possible is because they're not taking into account their brain chemistry. All the best meaning tips, the platitudes, conversations won't move you past your last relationship the way you want if you don't take into account that your brain has been hijacked. I am not joking on this. Just like you can't reason initially with a drug addict all the reason and rational thinking in the world won't have you moving on the way you think you should. And hence, you know, you get those feelings of self-loathing, declaration, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Why can't I stop? So I'm going to just let me throw a little brain stuff at you so you really understand what I'm talking about. You do know I love my science. Uh, and I'm not just trying to be nice and make you feel better. Again, this is science. And when you understand it, you will absolutely have more compassion for yourself. And as always, of course, I'm going to give you tips for moving through it, but you got to understand it first and get out of that crazy headspace you're in. And what I'm about to tell you is based on the work of uh, one of my idols, Helen Fisher. She's a biological anthropologist and the research, this is all about the research she and her colleagues have done over the last at least 15 years or more. Um, She's incredible. I'll, I'll link to her in the show notes or on my blog. I just, I have, I have one of those girl crushes on this woman. She's amazing. So let's start first with what happens when we fall in love with somebody. So what happens when you're first falling in love? Because a lot of the brain chemistry is similar when you're breaking up. I know, crazy. <laughs> so Fisher and her crew studied the brains of people in love, and they found activity in a part of the brain called the ventral teg tegmental area, or the VTA, okay, which is, it's part of your brain's reward system. And now, this part of your brain is way below your conscious thinking brain. It's even below your emotions. It's part of what we call your lizard brain, your reptilian brain. You've heard me talk about it before. This is the part of your brain associated with motivation, with wanting, with desiring something, and that super intense focus that happens when you're craving something. This is the exact same part of the brain that's stimulated when someone uses cocaine. I just got to 
really have you hear this. They get that same rush and all the same feelings, obviously maybe on a different level sometimes, but addicts continue to use despite negative consequences and every part of their rational brain telling them to stop, they they keep going because of this brain being hijacked, despite all the good reasons that any rational person would would say, oh yeah, I, I got to stop doing these drugs. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm losing my family, my job, this, that. The brain still obsesses about either, you know, using in the case of an addict or in the case of you, your ex. You're still obsessing about your ex, even though all of your brain is telling all your rational thoughts, all your friends, your parents, whoever else are, and you yourself are saying to yourself, oh, I just have to stop. This is crazy. And you know that feeling when you're just obsessed with the other person when you fall in love, how it's hard to think of anything else. You feel possessed. <laughs> you can even, in your your sense of self is even changed, right, in the process. If, you, if you'll pay attention, you'll see that this is how you might be feeling and thinking about your ex. I know. So this is why people say there's a thin line between love and hate. It, it really is because the we have those, again, all that same chemistry. And again, you might be feeling like, I can't think of anything else. Don't you remember first dating someone? Same thing. Uh, it's it's hard to stay on task. It's hard to concentrate on something else. The, you know, those thoughts keep intruding. It's the same thing, right? So similar. So, and here it gets worse because the obsession can get worse when you've been rejected than when you're falling in love. So not only is it similar, but it's worse. And when Fisher and her uh, neuroscientist colleagues did brain scans on people who've just been dumped, they did brain scans on these people, they found activity in three regions of the brain. The same regions that are lit up by, again, intense romantic love are lit up by those uh, who've been dumped. So I know it's unfair. I know it's wrong. It's just how it works. So that reward system I just described, you know, with all your wanting and craving and focus becomes even more active when you can't get what you want. When relationships and the same mechanisms in your brain that get activated uh, is when addicts literally are withdrawing from substances like cocaine or opiates, same thing. Same thing gets activated. So relationship ending or coming off of drugs. I know. Uh, the second thing that they found when they, again, Fisher and her colleagues, when they were doing these brain scans of people who'd just been dumped, the other air, second region of the brain, they found activity in the part of the brain that's associated with how you calculate gains and losses. So this is called your nucleus accumbens. And when you think of the other person, you're literally calculating what you lost. You know, you're thinking what went wrong. This is when um, oh, you start thinking. I hear my clients all the time. Oh, if only I tried this, or if only I hadn't said that. Uh, if only her mother hadn't come to visit. Whatever. You know, I, that was recently with a client. This is also the part of your brain that becomes active when you're willing to take enormous risks for huge gains or huge losses, you know, it could go either way, but it's where you're setting all that up. So we start creating uh, 
you know, think about that. So you're calculating all the risks. You're thinking of, you know, am I going to lose? Am I going to gain? What, what's going to happen here? And this is when you start creating those conspiracy conspiracy theories and and the mysteries and you start digging. I have had many clients over the years doing the digging, trying to figure out why, even when they're given, uh, they, they get told why. And I'll sit there on the other side going, your your ex told you why they left. They they gave you the right. No, no, that's not it. I don't think that's all there is. I think there's more. It's, they, it's like you feel like there is still some, you're searching because you feel like there's still some deeper meaning. Uh, and again, something else you could have done. And you're not really, but here's the deal. So, so that's what you, I know so you're listening right now relating to this. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I've totally done that. I've, I've thought about all the things. I've stalked their Instagram account or I've done whatever. Well, it really must have been this. I've asked friends. I've talked ad nauseum. You know when your friends are just so sick of hearing about your ex? It's because you're doing this, right? You're just doing it. But what you're, you're not really trying to solve some big mystery. What you're really trying to do is get a fix. Because again, your brain gets activated in that region. This is an addiction. And the third and the third thing they found, they found activity in a region of your brain associated with deep attachment to another individual. So when you break up, even if you're the one who left, you're still feeling deep attachment to your ex. It's, I know, incredible. And you don't have to have kids to have this. It doesn't have to be, you know, that you were together for 20 years. You still get all this. And if you're listening and you've been through this, you're understanding yourself much better, even at this very moment. Fisher says it herself, I'm going to quote her for a minute, but she, she says, I've come to believe that romantic love is an addiction, a perfectly wonderful addiction when it's going well, and a perfectly horrible addiction when it's going poorly. Yeah. So right now you're thinking, oi, so what do I do, Abby? <laughs> what do I do? Well, you treat it like the addiction it is, and you follow these seven steps I'm going to lay out right now. All right. So this is how you, again, move on after a divorce or breakup. You, you do these seven things or you do as many of them as you can. Okay, let me say that. You don't have, this isn't like a seven-step process where you do one and then two and then three. This is more really seven things you can do. And the more you do of them, the better you'll be, the quicker you'll move on. So number one is kind of the biggest. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about your ex and the breakup and all the things. But you really need to stop thinking about it too. It's not just talking out loud, although talking out loud is even worse. But so yes, of initial venting and initial catharsis, talking to your therapist, whatever, but that's fine. But you've got to stop talking about it or thinking about your ex so much because every single time you reminisce, you complain or you romanticize or whatever it is, you are creating these strong emotions. You know what I'm saying is true because you've, you've had it. Uh, getting into these emotional states or these what we call feeling states triggers all the same brain chemicals as when you first broke up. Yeah, I know. So you actually end up re-traumatizing yourself over and over and over. It makes your that part of your brain, your amygdala, which I talk about all the time, it makes it what we call hot. It sort of turns it on, looking for, you know, again, trying to figure all this out. All these parts of your brain that I just described all get on high alert, and it's it's hard enough to turn them off. And so 
in the same way, it's interesting. We, uh, you know, I would tell an addict who's trying to like say stop drinking, they can't sit there and think about, oh, I had such good times with my friends drinking and, oh, I used to love just relaxing with a glass of wine and, oh, you know, all of that, no good no bueno. It is activating all those same neurotransmitters. And so the person might not use right that minute, but it is starting all that process. It's starting uh, that whole chain of events that's going to lead them back to drinking. So we, it's really about uh, you know, stopping it. You, you've got to, it, it, you're reinforcing your cravings, be it for alcohol, your ex, by talking and talking and talking, by trying to figure out, by going deeper and deeper. Uh, you And so that's number one. And I know you're sitting there going, well, Abby, how do I stop ta- thinking about them? I can't stop. That, I don't, that's kind of the rest of my tips, okay? So how you can stop doing that. But I do want you just to think of that. When Tell your friends, hey, I got to stop talking about my ex. Don't, you know, let's, have me talk about something else when we get there. So if, if I start, if you catch me, because you're going to forget, you know, it happens. So number two is really going to help with this, which is cut off contact or limit seeing them. So, you know, you don't want to shoot up or take a drink multiple times a week <laughs> or a day if you're trying to step away from your addiction and change your life. Now, so you don't want to do it with your ex either. Now, obviously, if you have kids together, then, you know, you're going to have to talk to them, but you can still limit it and you can limit it uh, to only talking about the kids, but you do not have to speak multiple times a day about your children. You just don't. You know what? I got to tell you something. When you live together, you didn't talk about multiple times a day about your kids. So whether you got kids or not, though, there's there are a lot of things people do to keep taking that hit that you need to stop. So don't send texts when you don't need to. Get off their social media accounts. You know, if you can't stop stalking them there, then take down your own accounts for a while. Every connection you have can deepen your emotional pain and keep you addicted and obsessed. So you really want to limit it. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the good old days when there wasn't social media. When you broke up with someone, you never had to see them again, literally. (laughs) You literally never had to see them again. Maybe if you lived in a small town, but otherwise, boy, you could just get yourself away. And now, even if you don't follow them anymore on social media, if they still follow some of your friends or if they liked or commented on something, you know, you'll get alerted. It's just, it's just bad news. So I really often will tell my clients to come off of social media for a while themselves, just so that they're not putting themselves in any kind of danger. And if you know they hang out in a certain place or where, you know, ever, don't go there. Don't go hang out there. And again, if you are someone who has kids with this person, then obviously you do need to contact them. But again, it doesn't have to be every day. And what you can do, and what I have a lot of couples do who are who have separated or divorced, is I tell them to keep a list. They can keep like a shared Google Doc of kid issues and sort of throw them up there. And then once a week, you can sit and sort of talk about, I don't know, what the schedule is for the next week or um, what, you know, what things you like talking about summer camps next year or what are we going to spend money on or do you, so-and-so needs braces or those things can just, instead of every day or all day going on and on about things, just if it's not an emergency, which 
99.9% of things are not, just stick it on the list. And then once a week, you can kind of sit and go over those things and be done. So it's much easier because then you can, and you can, uh, I'll link to my couple's business meeting which is uh, something you can still do. I know you're not technically a couple anymore, but again, if you have kids or you have property maybe together or something else, you can do something this way. And it's good still to follow the guidelines that are listed there. So I will definitely link to that in the show notes. Number three of my seven tips. I hate to even say it to you, but exercise. I, I, you know me, I hate when exercise is the answer to anything because I want every answer to any problem I'm having to be sitting on my couch eating Oreos, but I have tried that solution multiple times, as you know, and it's never been effective. I know, sad, sad. So exercise can really be a huge help. I mean, it's from the research. It really is. There's science here. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, some of you like to exercise, so God bless you. Uh, but for those of us who don't, uh, just remember, you know, so much of what I just said, it's it's neurochemical, right? Every, what I just told you, it's an addiction, treat it like that. You know, this part of your brain, these three regions are activated. This is all chemical. So exercise can be a huge, huge help. The endorphins and enkephalins you get from exercise, as well as the balancing of your other neurotransmitters and hormones is much needed right now. And when, especially, you know, if you just don't feel like you're getting past the hurt or of a breakup or a divorce. So it's also a great way to start to create, a, you know, a new sense of yourself. When you exercise, you just, I know, I do too. I feel better when I exercise. <laughs> I admit it. I admit it. It's, um, it's a great place to to fill to start filling that void that's left by your ex not being there anymore. It it's it's a win on multiple levels to exercise. So please, please really think about and even if it's just something small, you know, start with something if you just stretch for 15 minutes a day, you know, start with something you can do and work your way up as you need. Okay. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tip number four, fill the void. Now, 
so depending on how long you were with your ex, there were lots of places your lives intersected. Even if you weren't getting along well for a while, there's still a void left when they're not there anymore. Social gatherings, friends, activities, their family, your family, vacations, paying bills, eating meal, meals, cooking for one instead of two. There are so very many things that are affected when you break up. It's amazing. I know you because you've realized it as, as it's happened. There's so many things. And this is especially true if you were living together and you stayed in the place where you both lived. Every you know, room holds memories. You can feel the other person not there. Literally, you can feel how they're not there. So you've got to identify with these voids, you know, you got to identify, not with them, sorry, where they are, where these voids are and fill them up. Do your best not to fill them up with unhealthy things. Did I mention how much I like Oreos? Okay. So don't, don't fill it up with that. But also don't beat yourself up if initially you do a little retail therapy or something, or, you know, you do have uh, some Rice Krispie treats. So but, you know, really do understand those are stopgap measures, not permanent solutions. A, a partner isn't what you need for a happy life. You got to create a happy life again, and a partner will come if that's what you want. That, But that's what has to happen. If you think back, you'll realize that you were single when they initially came into your life. Yeah. So you were single, living a life, doing your thing, and then this person came in. So guess what? Got to get back to that. And really get back to a life and fill the void with things that, again, and when I say void, I don't mean that you're void. I, I mean that there's just a space in your life where this person was. And so when they're not there, it's really hard. I just, as you know, my my mom died in November and um, I keep noticing myself picking up the phone to call her. I still am, you know, a little while later. I, I was in a habit of that. And that, you know, and then it brings feelings up and, you know, you're right there. This is happening everywhere. And again, especially if you still live in the house. So one of the things I do say, if you are staying in the apartment or the home that you shared with someone, or if they were just there a ton and, and you just feel them everywhere because they were there so much, you don't have to move. You You can, I guess, but really just think of changing the rooms around changing the paint color, uh, moving the bed to another wall, definitely change your bedding. Definitely change your bedding. Maybe burn the bed if you need to. <laughs> but you do not just want to kind of lay there and feel like everything's the same except this person's not laying next to you. I, it's just the worst. So your brain will trigger in differently if the place looks different. I promise. It really will. It's kind of it's sort of magical how this happens. I've talked about this on other um, podcast. So I'm not going to get too into it here, but I really need you to uh, think long and hard about um, what you can do differently. So, you know, and and really think long and hard about not just doing things the same without them there. So if you guys were like really addicted to Game of Thrones together, you know, don't do that alone now. Don't sit there <laughs> just without them. Uh, if you always went out every Saturday night for date night, don't sit home alone now. You know, create other things in these spaces. Fill those voids. That's really what I'm talking about when I say the voids. It's 
It's the places where they were. Don't just say, oh, well, they're just not here anymore. I'm just going to have the same. It doesn't work that way. Really try to do something different on Saturday night. Really try, again, to move your bed so you're not just in your bed in the same bedding in the same place, you know, without them there. Really fill the void so that I hopefully that's um, clear. Sorry, I might have gotten long-winded there. All right. (laughs) Number five is make a list of why not. So... What I see a lot after a divorce or breakup is my clients idealizing their ex. All of a sudden, they were awesome. Now, I don't want you to vilify or hate them. You know that. I don't, I'm not down with that at all. But if you're one of those who wants to get back together or you're just missing them often, I want you to create a list of why not. This is a written down list. Written down, baby. Get out a pen. Get out a piece of paper. Get out a typewriter something, typewriter. I really am aging myself. And it's a written down list of all the ways you weren't a good match. It's not a list of all the things you hated about them. I'm not, again, about the hate. This And so this is really different. Hate is just, to me, love disguised. Again, it's part of that addictive thing, you know, thin line, thin line between love and hate. Instead, this is a list of the ways that you're just not a good fit. It's more about, you know, oh, I liked to hike and they didn't, or, you know, they liked uh, to eat out all the time and I really liked being home. They liked it, you know, it's more like that. Then, and, and here's the important part, I want you to save this list somewhere. It's easy to access because that impulse to contact them could happen anywhere, anytime. <laughs> That's exactly when you need to pull out your list. I excuse me, actually had a cl- one client who made her, uh, actually it was a him, sorry, not a her. I, I have something else I was going to say. He, he made his why not list, his wallpaper on his phone. I thought that was brilliant. He, he went into Canva, made a little why not list, made it as a wallpaper on his phone so that every time he was on the phone, he would be reminded. Uh, and he changed it even. He like added things, took away things that so looked different all the time. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. I had a, a woman, which I meant to say, someone else, another client who uh, had her why not list and she printed it out, like printed it out on these <laughs> pretty little, like pretty papers. She made it pretty and she hung it different places. She had it in her office at work. She had it uh, you know, on the bulletin board there. She had it on her refrigerator at home. Like she had it a few different places. So she would kind of, again, be reminded. I had yet another client who used to read the why not list in the morning when uh, she was setting intention. So she'd have that why not list there. She just really, and you, you can't just have the why not list and just read it. Like it can't be like, oh, they like this and I like this and I like this. and that. It, it can't be that way you know, or or they, we really weren't a good match. We weren't in the same religion or we weren't, you have to feel it. You have to feel it. Just thinking something doesn't get you there. Feeling it does. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember. Oh, I used to hate when we would, he'd want to stay at parties all night and all I wanted to do was go home. Oh yeah. I remember that. I did not like that. Again, you're not hating him. You're, you're hating those situations or you're not hating, sorry. You're, you know, remembering how much you didn't like certain situations. Um, you're, you're just getting in that feeling state of, oh, and you can even go the other way. Oh my gosh, it'd be so great to meet someone who loved to bike ride like I do. God, that'd be so cool. Oh, that's really great. So in that same thing, you can think about what you do want. How great. So that's number five, make a list of why not. 
Number six, we're getting near the end. There's no closure. Oi, if I had a penny for every time I've had to say this to clients over the last 30 plus years, I'm not sure that anyone ever really gets closure because of the way our brains are always looking for the why. And then we're not satisfied when we get it anyway. Well, she says it's because I don't talk to her enough, but we spoke all the time. (laughs) It must be something else. I think she's got someone else. I think I should look on her. Oh, I'm so mad. You know, uh, he says he's not ready for commitment, but I think he doesn't know what he wants. Oh, I, you know, but then he said all those things to me that were so commitment-like. He said this, he said that, you know, no. You need to accept that it's over and stop hoping. Stop keeping hope alive. That's, you're keeping it alive. Stop. If you can't do that on your own, get thee to a therapist. (laughs) Get thee to someone who is professionally trained at talking to you about this because the constant, uh, negative, it's really a negative mind loop. And again, think of it like uh, an addiction. You can see if you can really just get there in your head. And I have to tell you, it's again, funny, addicts do this too. It's like, well, why was I an addict? You know, I wasn't beaten as a child. I wasn't this, I wasn't that. Maybe I'm not an addict. I'm probably not. You know, other people have worse stories than me. Uh, I'm not like those people. This is what we do. We rationalize. We tell all these stories about why we're not addicts. And it's not it. So closure and looking for that perfect way to end things or, or, or I just have to say one more thing or, or uh, I have another a few clients who were very into how their ex felt about them. Oh, they don't understand, you know, and they're talking smack about me or they're saying these things or they think it was this. Really what you're looking for is this hope. You're hoping that if you get them to understand something else that they will then say, oh, I really love you. Oh, I really want to be with you. Even if you're the one who left. Even if you're the one who left, this happens. So get over it. There's no closure. It's not, it's not loving of me to say it this way. I'm sorry. So I shouldn't say get over it, but you get what I'm saying. It, it get past it. How's that? Get past it. All right. And number seven, which I kind of just mentioned is, is but I, actually it's a little different than how I just mentioned it. Ask for help. Let your friends know you need them. You can spend a few days or a week alone wallowing and eating all those Oreos, but then it's time to reach out to your peeps and start connecting with others. It really, really is. Otherwise, it's too hard to do all the things I just said. It really is. You you want your friends to help you. Any alcoholic will tell you that staying at home alone is the worst thing to do when you first get sober. Worst thing. Worst thing. Treat your mind like a dangerous neighborhood. Never go in there alone. That's right. Need some peoples. That's what you need. Plan things with friends. Again, and that'll help also with things we just talked about, like filling the void. Uh, schedule phone calls. Get out for a physically distancing walk if you're if we're if you're listening to this still in lockdown. Uh, whatever you can think of, take a class online, learn a new language, anything that helps you connect more deeply with yourself and others. Remember, it's also about connecting with yourself. So, but anything that's going to help you do that is going to get you there. And it's really important to again, you might ask for help from somebody professional. You could ask for help at your um, religious institution if you're religious, your rabbi or your clergy of some side, you know, some kind. You could join a support group is another great thing to do. Um, you could start a support group. <laughs> you could start a meetup for people who are trying to get over their ex. Again, wait till you can 
physically distanced differently. Uh, but there's really a way that you want to put it out there. Now, and and so what you're really asking for is not help figuring out your ex. What you're, and, and I'm not saying you can't talk to your friends about your ex and all that, but like I already said, you got to stop talking about it. That was number one. So really what you're doing is letting your friends know you need support, you need love. You know, could they invite you to a few extra things? Could they make sure they get in contact with you a little more, give you a phone call? Can they um, check up on you? Can they, you know, uh, when I'm upset, you know, and I, I uh, let the wife know, my, my, one of my best friends, Rhonda, uh, she'll text me and just say, hey, checking in, what are you thinking about right now? Or how you feeling? Or what's going on? Or, you know, we, we just, it's really nice to just get my, oh yeah, I was thinking about this thing I'm not supposed to be thinking about. <laughs> let, me, let me get back on track. Um, and it's nice to know they have someone there. If again, you feel like you don't have any friends, or maybe you feel like you lost a lot of friends in the um, breakup or divorce, then again, get some professional help. Start somewhere. And again, start to then create some new things. Create again, take an online class. Take do something where you feel like you're gonna start to connect with other people, however that might be. Uh okay. And and I and I do wanna say, above all else, remember it's gonna take a minute to move on. I, I think I just want to wrap up with this. It, don't put a time limit on this. You know, why do I feel crappy six months later? You know, what you're looking for is progress. You, depending on what you read or what research you look at, you know, they'll say things like it takes half as half as much time as you were in the relationship to get over it. I, I have not found that to be true. Uh, I really haven't. But in the same, you know, if you were together 50 years, you can't be like, oh my God, 25 years of mourning. No, that's not, that's not how it looks. But there is you know, depending on the, all these variables, how long were you together? How how much were you entwined in each other's lives? How much do you, you know, do you have kids? Do you not? Do you, you know, what all the things really will be part of that grieving process. And what I don't want is for you to have some thoughts about your ex later or something, you know, six months down the road or a year down the road and think there's something so wrong with you. What I do want you to think about is, uh, because is progress. What you're looking for, Are you? do you think about them less and less? Is it better? If it's not better a year later at all, then you need to do something. Or I would even say if it's not better six months later, you need to do something. Again, if you were together many, many years and six months later, you feel even worse than when you first broke up, there's there's something else that should happen. Are you, But overall, are you finding more good feelings? Are you broadening your life again? Are, you know, we say in the program, progress, not perfection. And since we're doing a whole addiction thing here today, I'm going to stick with it. It is. It's progress, not perfection. It doesn't mean that you've never thought about them for the last six months, but is it less? You know, again, can you answer these questions in the positive? It, it, do you Have you joined things? Have you started things? And sometimes it's really good to take stock in those moments when you are beating up on yourself, like, oh, I can't believe I'm crying about this woman again. Why am I so upset? It's been eight months. I In those moments, stop and really ask yourself, all right, it's been eight months. Let's not even worry about the months part. How how is my life overall? Is it? Let me compare it to when we first broke up. How, am I better? Is it better than that? Do I ha have I broadened my life? Do I have more things going on? Do I think about her less and less, or do I think about him in a different way? You know, what is there? 
uh, am I crying less? You know, maybe you're still crying, but maybe you're crying less than you were in the beginning. Really think about, again, progress, not perfection. Uh, so again, think, you know, hey, you're one of us now. You're, you're, in the pro, you're in the 12-step program. So really think about, you know, those kinds of things and really give yourself com- self-compassion. Uh, I did a whole podcast on self-compassion, which, you know, I'll, I'll link to in the show notes, uh, really allowing yourself to love yourself is really what is on the other side of all this. And so, and I'm going to leave you with this, you know, stopping the negative thoughts, you know, that that persistent thought about the person over and over and over and really shifting that is the key. And I'm, I'm not just saying that to like go buy my book, which will be out soon, but I, I really do want you to, to think about that. And I do have, and I'll link to it here on the uh, show notes page. If you haven't ever uh, listened to it before, I do have a uh, free visualization. It's like three minutes to stop negative thinking. Just do that every morning. Start your day off with positive momentum. Really, you know, get out of that kind of negative mindset is by at least starting your day that way. So I will link to that in the show notes. This is episode 126, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. And again, if you want to be on the wait list for the book, I'm so excited, then come on over and sign up. As always, I love that you spent time with me today. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're in pain. I know that there is great love here for you. Stay open, stay patient with yourself, and stay loving. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you, and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you, anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.